Welcome to Contextless, the podcast where I don't know her. My guest today is one of, as tacky as it, as it is for me to say, is one of my sisters. Is one of my sisters. Truly, we have been through it thick and thin in college and even now after college. We're both college grads. Uh, go. And yeah, just, I, I don't know a person with such like a... a sense of self whether it be through fashion culture music taste just when I think of a baddie a quote-unquote baddie it's this person that comes in my mind because I don't know a better bitch I don't know anyone who even comes close and there are just one and also to top it all they're fucking hilarious can you believe it to be a baddie but also to be funny the audacity like what the fuck so yeah, with no further ado, I welcome to the podcast, Alex Nguyen. Hi y'all, I am the triple threat. Triple threat, what are, the, what are the three though? Um, gay, gay, and gay. Oh, are we sure that's a good thing though? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for having me, I mean this is my first time on a podcast. I know, and I'm sure it won't be the last, because on mine or any others, but, like, I feel like this has been a long time coming, and I feel like I haven't had you on, because I'm like, it's going to be so special, because I just wanted to savor it, because each conversation with you is truly a delight. I would hope so. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> okay, so, of all the things, because it's been two weeks since my last episode, and a lot of sh- shit has happened since. Right, right. A lot of shit. And I remember... Okay, my first question to you... Okay. Is... Do you believe in milk and cookies? The book? (laughs) I don't know. I am a mouse. (laughs) I am a mouse. Um, Party. I mean, I do like milk with cookies. Is that what you're talking about? Isn't it a drag race quote? I don't know. Isn't it Gia Gunn? She's like, do you believe in milk and cookies? I don't remember that quote. I thought you would get it because we talk about RuPaul's drag race so often. I don't know. I just woke up, so. Wow. I can't tell. I can't tell. <laughs> oh, yeah, but seriously, though, like, for, first thing that comes to mind of the last two weeks is that the presidential debate happened. Did you watch that fiasco? I tried to. It was very hard to, like, sit through that. I think the whole world tried to. (laughs) I would say I gave it a good 15 minutes, and then I had to log out. You had to leave the chat. You exited the chat. (laughs) I left Internet Explorer. I turned off my DSL. I I just couldn't. Do you know who you're going to vote for after that debate? Um... Yes. Um, I would have to say, of course, like Biden, Kamala. But I mean, I think the fly was a good second place. That was the vice president debate, sis. It wasn't the presidential debate. But the fly made a good point. And what was that point? Yes. (laughs) Oh, okay. 
Honestly, yeah, no for no need. To, the fly did not need to say any more than that. But yeah, I'm one of those people who like. I think this might be like controversial to say, but I think we're at a point in this election cycle where like we don't need debates because we because if you don't know who to vote for at this point something's wrong with you and you need to get checked that out (laughs) i think the one thing that i've noticed a lot recently is a big push to go and vote but i think the one thing we need to all remember is to be um a voter that's done their research whether it's props for your local government whether it's what you believe in that resonates with either party or presidential candidate i think that's the one thing too that i think a lot of people should realize more is to definitely research more on what you're actually voting for i think that's a valid point as to why there needs to be a presidential debate is to kind of see where their standpoints are with certain topics mm-hmm. and i agree with that because like an, an uninformed voter is a dangerous voter exactly exactly those people maybe this is a controversial topic or point is an uninformed voter maybe should not vote i mean you do have the right to not vote and you should use that right <laughs> that's that's a point to make and also i would go as far to say that our votes don't matter <laughs> i'm joking i'm joking that was sarcastic i'm not i'm joking but yeah i don't know because i feel like yeah it is important to like hear their like policy points but bro that first debate it was just a shouting match and trump he kept on interrupting biden because trump knows that he he and his administration are indefensible and that they have nothing of substance to say so all they do is gonna like project and like just make make it theater rather than actual in intellectual debate just make noise mm-hmm. like literal white noise it's literal white noise but he literally told a kk a white supremacist group to stand by (laughs) i didn't make it to that point but i have seen the clips on that i think the one thing the presidential debate should have had was buzzers i think it should have had um like jeopardy yes like definitely put in like alec trubeck or something to commentate yeah yeah, I agree. But I think I, wasn't Alex Trebek going through cancer? Like we don't need to put him through more, sis. I know he he's definitely dealing with cancer for the past like four years now. So I wish him the best. I hope he like does well. Hmm. I definitely think that's the one thing is the debates definitely need to work on is a strong facilitator to you know work out when the rebuttals happening as well as like a buzzer or a time clock to know like how long and how much time the presidential candidates have for talking at each point. Mhm. And I I would I've heard even people say that they need to turn off the mics at some yes. points. That was the one thing that um I thought of as well. Was just like have mics be turned off at certain points also. But I mean, 
I don't know, it goes on to, you know, free will, free speech, talking, but I think it's out of also, like, respect, respect the candidate, respect, you know, the whole debate, and I felt like that was not happening. Mm-hmm. Wait, give me one second. My mom's vacuuming. I'm about to whoop her ass. Give me a second. <laughs> Mom, Dyson. Today's sponsor is by Dyson. Yes. <laughs> and she's still vacuuming. Okay, we're back. Um, um, back to the debates. It's just like, bro, what do you, what do you think of the moderator's jobs? Like the moderator's did what they were able to do but at the same time it's just like they didn't do it well they should have known in advance to like do like to cut off the mic and stuff like that side note with that i think the moderator for the presidential debate had a really nice voice he had a nice accent so i like that um but yeah i do agree i felt like definitely during the beginning that Trump was debating with the commentator or the facilitator at that point. I do think they have to be more um, strict with to keep it moving forward. I felt, but I do have to say that the moderator for the presidential debate was more stern than it was for the vice presidential debate. Do you think it's because the vice presidential moderator was a woman? No, I just... I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> I I just think that she cut off Kamala Harris a little bit more than Mike Pence. And that's racism, period. <laughs> I'm joking. But yeah, I think definitely they need to fix a little bit of kinks for the future presidential debate, especially because there is one coming up, I think mm-hmm. October 17th, correct? I think it's some... Sometime this upcoming week, yeah. Yeah. I don't know how that's going to happen, too, with um, Trump's diagnosis of this COVID. They said, they said it. They were talking about making it virtual, but then Trump went on Fox News and said that he's not going to do a virtual one because that's like chicken shit and that's not a real debate. And so it's just going to be, as of the latest I've heard yesterday, it's just going to be a virtual town hall with only Joe Biden. That's what I heard. So it's not even a debate anymore. That's very interesting. Um, and specifically, I think this is very telling. Trump in that news, Fox News uh, interview the other day, he specifically said, oh, if it's virtual, they're going to cut me off whenever they want. They, so he knows that's his like weak point. They, he knows what he's doing wrong. So I think that I thought that was very telling. I agree with that. We'll see. We'll see what the next presidential debate will hold. I also don't know why there needs to be a second one. I mean, the first one was already such a shit show. Mm. So what's the point of having a second one? I mean, do we really need America and the whole entire nation to sit through that again? I mean, they've been sitting through it for the past four years. Why not? I live a month. Don't be shy. I put some more. Put some more. I mean, I think we've just been through enough that I just don't want to go and sit through another tumultuous, shitty-ass presidential debate. I mean, I'd rather just watch, like, Blue's Clues at this point. Blue's Clues. mm -hmm. Period. And then I also think my main... And then about the vice presidential debate between Senator Kamala Harris and Vice President Mike Pence, 
my biggest critique of that debate is that there was not enough flies. There should have been more <laughs> flies. Definitely needs to be more Lord of Flies, for sure. There needs to be more representation. Agreed, agreed. I think there's definitely a huge lack of. I think there needs to be a caucus on that now. And we need to move forward with that. Put a prop for the flies. Put a in the Supreme Court right now, okay? Yes, that's the ninth judge. Exactly. That's the court packing I want to hear about. But honestly, that debate, if you've watched it, I just, it was just, Mike Pence is such a slimy bastard. <laughs> he didn't answer a single question. All he did was pivot to whatever he actually wanted to talk about. And just like Trump, he would antagonize Kamala because he knows that takes up time from actual substantial debate. I I wanted to come in watching both debates as unbiased as possible and just see them as a presidential candidate, regardless of what political party as I am. I, however, is Democratic, but I did want to see it as unbiased. However, I will agree that Mike Pence was not answering the questions. I think he wasted a bunch of his time definitely attacking the opposition. However, that is a good strategic point in a debate is mm -hmm. just to attack the opposition but I mean the whole point of the debate for me is just to answer the question I want to know as a viewer what their thought process are on certain topics I think we definitely need to know that to get a more feel of what kind what the new four years would be the next four years would be you know mm -hmm. um, I think the definitely highlight of that debate has to be in two words I'm speaking. That was a highlight for sure. I'm speaking. And that brings me to the next point about the debate I want to talk about. There's like so many memes of Kamala Harris like were made. Like it's just like I'm speaking, you know, like oh, that type of thing. Like even her facial expressions because she made so many. Mm -hmm. And there was this like split divide on that because some people were like, yes, she's like the woman in every workplace standing up to the man, right? But then another side of it was just like, oh, she should have just sat there and not made faces. She's not representing women well. And for me, for me, and also to me personally, I just thought it was very telling that, like, people took away Kamala's facial expressions more than what she was saying. Yeah. Like, Does that make sense? And I feel like that gets into, like, the whole topic of, like, using because she is black she is a black woman and how like black people are memed you know and so i'm just saying i feel like it's connected to that i think i think obviously i feel like the world views women and puts women at a higher standard i feel like no matter what it's a, sadly it's a lose-lose like if kamala didn't say anything they felt like she should have been more stronger if Kamala, you know, did say something and use facial expressions, she comes off too strong. And I feel like it's, she's in a difficult situation there. I commend her, definitely, for speaking up and standing up for herself. But I feel like she gets the short end of the stick where she gets reprimanded harsher as opposed to Mike Pence, who can just sit there and, you know, not answer the questions and they don't have much to say on that. Mm -hmm. I do agree with what you say on the topics of that as well. Yeah, because, like, again, as you just said, like, not 
not only women, not only are women held to a higher standard, but like women of color, but even especially black women are held to such a high standard that when they don't meet it, it's like it's like hellfire, you know? It's like so bad. Agree. I definitely agree with that. And then if they are anything lower than a standard, then they're becoming people pin them down as stereotypical and that's not fair either mm-hmm. like that, I, I personally think that's not okay to like stereotype her and like put her as a archetype of you know a black woman of some sort whether it's angry or whatever like Kamala Harris is Kamala Harris she's her own person she's you know a vice presidential candidate that was doing her job and I think she did it well during the debate mm-hmm but you, oh sorry no you go on I think the one thing too I would have to say with the debate that they should have done for the VP that they did for the presidential one was put the questions on the screen I think halfway through I kind of got lost of what the actual question was especially when certain candidates were not answering them like I kind of forgot what the real topic was moving forward you know mm-hmm and like I don't mean to be shady by this. This is me. What I'm not trying to be shady from what I'm about to say. I just because oh, it's just me being like an equal opportunity person, like equality. But like yeah. even Kamala, she didn't answer some of the questions. I agree with that. I I commend Kamala for answering someone's questions, but I do agree sitting through that like hour and a half or however long it was was also a little bit brutal knowing that none of them were answering the questions like what was kind of again like what was the point moving forward mm-hmm. I, I, oh sorry no you can go the one thing I do have to agree with though is like the whole honesty thing I felt like had Mike Pence been a little honest and just straightforward and like showed a little bit more sim- like sympathy and sincerity I think like it would have created a better light and picture of his side for the debate yeah and some of the like um feedback on the debate that i saw the following day was that people referring were referring to it as boring and some people said that was a good thing because it's better than like a screaming match but at the same time it's like if we didn't like learn anything then i don't think it was worth it and then also it made me realize the 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 line of the vice presidential debate that took me the fuck out mm-hmm. was when Mike Pence told Kamala Harris that she shouldn't quote play politics with people's lives end quote. I do slightly remember that part. Um, I will admit I did find it boring. I did sleep. <laughs> a sleep sleep was had. Yeah, sleep was had. Um. I slept through it and I woke up and I was like, oh shit, like, I need to go back to where it was and rewatch it. And I still found it a little bit difficult to handle. But I mean, I don't know. Um, When dealing with politics, you are dealing with people's lives. Um, But I just felt like she wasn't, I don't know. It is what it is. We're settling. We forget that, but we're settling with these candidates. We're settling. I mean, you gotta pick the best of what you got at this point. Like, you, know? you got 
you gotta make lemons into lemonade. <laughs> exactly. Even if the lemons are ripe and old and dirty. Not dirty. Oop, I take dirty back. Oop, <laughs> oop, oop, oop. Anyways. Speaking, because earlier we were talking about stereotypes in regards to like black women. Mm-hmm. And that makes me think of the housewife, the real housewives of Potomac. Mm-hmm. Which we both are a fan of and we love. What yeah. do you think of the like latest drama of it? The current okay. like fill in people who don't watch the show the of the latest okay. like plot. So real Real Housewives of Potomac is you know affluent woman of Maryland, um, and in this recent episode, there was two housewives, which was Monique and Candace, who throughout this season have had their ups and downs. You know, I think they've, you know, they've had a falling out last year. Now they're continuing this new fallout. Candace feels like Monique disrespected her, you know, as a guest at her house. She was saying goodbye and Monique was asleep. She was slept and didn't wake up to say goodbye to her guest. You know, felt like that was being a little bit of a rude host. And then Giselle did this winery taste testing bullshit thing to get the women together for her literature award. I didn't even know she was a writer. I'll just say that. Mm -hmm. Um, But good for her, you know, she deserved it. And then Candace was throwing shade at what happened with Monique. Things got heated. You know, Candace said to drag her and Monique did. So yeah, that was the gist of it. Yeah, uh, Monique, like, grabbed Candace's hair and like basically held her across the table and then people had to join in and tear them apart is is violent and whatnot yeah but uh and then in this past week's episode they had like a friend meeting with everyone except for Candace at Karen Huger's house who is also a housewife on the show and even Giselle brought a bodyguard, which I thought was hilarious. The <laughs> drama of it all. What was his name? TJ? PJ? It was KB. 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 Oh my god. He better KB. pop off after this. Yeah. Yeah, but the thing is, it's just like, the this is discourse. <laughs> like, this is, people are split on who's right and who's not. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to tell you where I stand on it, and then I would like to hear where you stand on it. To me, 100% Monique is to blame. Like, she, the second she put her hands on Candace, it was over. Not in the extreme sense where, like, Giselle is, or Giselle's literally like, I don't want to see you. I don't want to be associated with you. Not in that point. Like, I don't want to, like, throw away Monique. Of course not. But I feel like violence is violence, and the second... You put your hands on someone, like, you lose the argument. And I feel like, yeah, Candace is probably the, like, one of the, like, off most awful shitsters. But at the same time, I feel like we all know that. And so for Monique to put her hands on her, I just felt like was unnecessary at the end of the, end of the day. I'm, I see both sides. I'll be, I'll play devil's advocate on this. I do agree Monique shouldn't have put her hands on her, knowing the consequences and that, like, you... I feel like unless it was out of self-defense, which it wasn't, she should she should have held back a little bit more and become more patient, 
Um, but I mean, it was also not na- like not needed. Like Candace, like shouldn't have been condescending and passive aggressive with her comments either, and stating that like there was it wasn't needed. You know, I, I also felt like it wasn't the time and place to say those things during that moment. And I felt like Monique was just harboring a lot of anger from the last two years with Candace that it just, you know, came out. I feel like um, at this, I'm more so in Karen and Ashley's side, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, obviously it was a bad moment for Monique. You know, she made one mistake. You can't, that doesn't, just because you make one mistake doesn't make you a bad person. However, it was difficult knowing that she wasn't remorseful of her actions and she she has yet to apologize to Candace physically assaulting her. I think that that was wrong as well. Um, so yeah, I think she just has a temper. I think as a parent as well, I think you you need to learn, you learn more to become patient with children, you know? And I felt like Monique as a parent should have you know had a little bit more patience dealing with Candace because let's be honest Candace was acting like a child and she is a child at this point you know with the way she deals with things and the things she says and does so mm-hmm. so yeah I think I don't know I also have watched you know YouTube videos of this as well some people have said rumors that Giselle was the one that pushed Monique first and that escalated further to Monique putting her hands on Candace. I don't know if it's true or not, but that has, that's what some viewers have said, that Giselle pushed Monique forward to do. So, I don't know. Giselle's also a shitster. Um, She's a shitster who can't dress. Agreed, agreed, agreed. And I also think that the show, I saw a tweet where it was like Monique was acting out because of her like drama with her husband, I would say, you know, because her husband, like she's un- very unsatisfied, not unsatisfied, but the thing is, is just like that, like the power in her relationship, like she, she gets undermined by her husband a lot is what I'm trying to say. I agree, especially when he was saying, like, that was embarrassing, like, and, that was embarrassing, and, like, um, she, he has a image to uphold and everything, like, I understand that, you know, he was a former football player and everything, and he has, like, you know, probably, like, deals that he has to work with and everything like that, but, like, I mean, I feel like when you, especially when you marry someone, like, you gotta have their back. You know, like, it's, like, with the vows, like, you know, till death do us part, you know, like, through thick and thin. Like, I just feel like he wasn't there for her as much as he needed to as a husband, as, you know, her rock, as her supporter. Like, he just wasn't really there for her. And I also think, I don't know, but I also think, like, he's also undermining her as well when she was saying that her podcast wasn't doing so well Mm -hmm. and that she spent two hundred thousand dollars on her podcast i just she was having a podcast event like a live person in my yeah it was just i don't know so yeah 
think she was also just mad about the podcast. Like, I felt like she needed Candace to go on the podcast to, like, help her get the ticket sales because it was only 20 out of 300. Yeah. And then when Candace backed out, like, Monique just felt like her podcast event was just not going to do well. And I think that also stirred a huge anger towards Candace because of that. Yeah, because this wasn't, like, it, it, like the rage Monique had to, like, attack Candace. It just, it didn't appear out of nowhere, you know? It's yeah. been a long time coming, you know? Mm-hmm. I just wish she would have, like, found a better way to, like, channel that rage. But also, my least favorite thing about this whole situation is that I hate that Candace has, like, something to talk about now, you know? Yeah. I hate that so much. It just, like, continues her storyline, you know? Exactly, and I hate it. And then, speaking of another questionable marriage, uh-huh. Tommy Matola and Miss Mariah Carey's marriage in the nineties is something that Miss Carey discusses in her recent memoir entitled "The Mem The Meaning of Mariah Carey." Which she, which she co-wrote with Michaela Angela Davis, who's an amazing writer. And that wedding, I mean, that marriage was horrible. Do you know anything about their marriage? I do not. But I just want to say that book just became bestsellers in the New York Times list. Yeah, it's number one. It, 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 it debuted at number one on the New York Times bestsellers list. So Mariah Carey is an author. She is a writer. Yeah, she is a writer. Because I read the, I pre-ordered that book, and I, I rarely pre-order books. This, but then I had to give her my coins. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I, I, I haven't heard much about the marriage, but like, inform me, tell me more. Like, what happened? Yeah, because uh, basically, she was at a party when she was eighteen, mm-hmm. and. She, Tommy Matola was walking and then they made eye contact and that she describes in the book how she felt like an instant connection with him and then he like pursued her and then they went out for a few like months or whatever but then they got married when she was like what 19 or 20 and he was like 43 or something like that so it was very early in her career and in the book she dedicates like a whole section in the book about how she felt like she was a captive in their marriage they, oh, wow. they they built a mansion in northern New York, right? Upstate New York. And she details how, like, it was basically prison for her. She couldn't go anywhere where he didn't have... That where he didn't go with her or where he didn't have his people go with her. There were cameras all over the mansion. There's just one instance where she details in the book as she's sleeping in the bed with him, Right. She gets up in the middle of the night to go to the kitchen and get a snack, right? But then she hears the intercom of the mansion go off, and it's his voice, and he says, what are you up to? Like, what are you doing? And she, like, shivers at the sound of his voice. But they were married for, like, I want to say four or five years, something like that. They, They separated in 1997, and it was very toxic of a relationship. Like, he didn't... He would, like throw away fan mail she didn't know how famous she was until she went to a concert to one of her concerts in Synecdoche New York where like there were police 
escorting her and they were like blocking off traffic and in the book she writes she's like why is there all this security and one of her one of her like people were like oh it's because they're here to see you and she's like what because she had no sense of her fame because he kept it all away from her and this was like after her first two albums this like after two grammys after initial business but yeah it was basically a very toxic relationship so this was tommy's chapter yeah she had the books the book is divided into three sections and like the second one is all about their marriage it it felt if if the the marriage feels like the movie the invisible man which was a good movie i heard it was a good movie but i haven't watched it yet so good it was like a psycho like psychological thriller i definitely recommend um you guys need to watch it did elizabeth moss do what she had to do she did what she did the damn thing let's just say that and i think she's in a new movie coming up i'm not sure i just saw it recently in an article so i will be you know keeping up with that it does sound like the invisible man um in a sense that she was held captive for sure and that she was unwilling to go anywhere and to do anything like oh, that's crazy like she probably didn't even have access to, like, her phone. Like, he probably, like, was telling her, like, who to see and, like, who to talk to at this point. Mm-hmm. To, like, know, like, how famous she was. That's insane. Mm-hmm. And she didn't... She couldn't go out with friends. She never went out. Like, she would just go to, her like, her press and her shows and tours and then stay literally trapped in her house. And she talks about how freaking... He's still alive. He's still alive, yeah. And like they're they're like they're like fine with each other now, but they know the damage they've yeah. that he did to her. He knows because he he mentioned it in his own memoir that he wrote a few years ago. But yeah, like she details how at the at their wedding, even at their wedding night, she was telling her friends like I don't want to do this. Like something inside me is not is telling me not to do it. But then she went ahead and did it anyways, and like was basically held captive for years but also i'm this is gonna this might sound like sketchy but like i appreciate her going through the marriage you know why because we got her album butterfly out of that (laughs) marriage it made her a better artist it did that's what inspired my favorite mariah album which came out in 1997 which is the year i was born and the year they separated so i think that's a sign anyways that was a sign that was a sign and like it's a very good album are you familiar with the album um i've definitely listened to a couple of the songs but i i i've just recently gone into listening more of mariah's older music for sure like i've always loved like her top hits you know always be my baby things like that but i've recently tried to listen to the rest of her other albums and just to get the feel of it yeah, cause it's I've, so yeah, it's so good and there's so much goodness to choose from. And bro, I've been listening to nothing but Mariah for like the past week and a half, and like I'm still thriving off of it. I think my one thing too is like me personally listening to albums is really difficult because I get tired or bored of hearing the same voice. Does that make sense mm-hmm. throughout for like a whole hour? But Mariah Carey is one of those singers that. I've listened to her album recently and I couldn't get enough. But Caution was an album. Okay, that was it. Like, honestly, it deserved more. Eighth grade, 
like my face. giving me life the distance yeah get the fuck out <laughs> and then she has a, her new album right oh yeah the rarities which Rarity. is a bunch of unreleased music from her career from her decade spanning career yes and then you told me prior that her first album never released her mona lisa was her her rock album that she never released oh yeah her rock album is she made it in 1995 the same time she was making her daydream album which features always the album features always be my baby fantasy a bunch of bops and how she made like an an alternative rock album that it does very alanis morissette like very that of the mid 90s and it, it has bops it was good it's not released yet but like the lambs are thriving me included i'm surprised like those songs weren't in the rarities at all you know yeah yeah but i mean britney spears also has a you know unreleased album as well like mona lisa which mm-hmm. is also like pretty much kind of like darker like not as like bubblegum pop as she usually is but yeah yeah and then she she mentions that in the book that's how she went about writing that and also another book in the book a main takeaway because i think just like the people forget that mariah is a black woman really people do like early on her career she writes about how Tommy Matola encouraged her to like be more white, basically like deny her blackness because it was not marketable. They were like she talked about how not only it was him, but like the other record company executives were to be like, "Oh, be more adult contemporary, aka white," and, and then they would be be less urban. You know, it's very much that coded thing. And bro, yeah. according to her book, that was from like her career beginning at 1990 all the way to like i want to say 2001 wow that's a whole decade of of that coded racist bullshit can you believe fuck that honestly so they wanted her to be like alice 97.3 and less 106.1 they wanted her to be 98.1 less 98 <laughs> west less 94.9 exactly exactly yeah i mean um, I think record labels are very much like that back then for sure. And you know, as a side note too, we can also talk about Payola. Who? <laughs> Miss Payola. Have you heard about that? Who's that? It's basically record labels paying off um radio um state like stations to get a certain artist's music being played over and over again mm. i just saw a re- article about that dua lipa ed sheeran have been like a couple of the names that their record label like it's not them personally i feel like it's the record label which i think is why the music industry is so toxic to begin with was paying off record stations like a bunch of money to get that music constantly like playing to increase sales and like things like that mm-hmm. but to to go back with more like that's fucked up honestly like i think it's like i guess i don't know at that time maybe 
but it was still shitty. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, I think image is a very big thing for that industry, and I think they were just trying to create an image that wasn't her, a character. Yeah, it was more like an, an uh, what's the word? Like a persona rather than her yeah. actual person. And like, like uh, I mentioned that she is black. She is black, but she's also mixed, right? Her yeah. mother is Irish, and then her dad was black and Venezuelan, I believe. And in the book, the first section of the book is all about her childhood. In interviews that she's been doing, she says that she wrote this book to emancipate that little girl she used to be but like bruh racism and race was a big like so many encounters she had some of the highlights for me was one time she had this friend she was like eight or something she had a friend literally named becky <laughs> and she was white and she was white and even in the book she's like her name was becky i'm not just being a like a shit sir she says that in the book where i wrote that but yeah anyways uh, Mariah's mom drives her and Becky to her dad's home because at this point the, her parents are split up. They divorced when she was like three or something. And so they, Mariah and her and Becky pull up to Mariah's dad's house and Mariah's dad opens the door and he's like, hi Mariah and then immediately Becky starts crying. What? She bursts into tears and out of, and then Mariah's mom was still there in the car and then she t takes Becky home I guess and then Mariah and her dad are just like there looking at each other and they don't say anything and Mariah said that they never spoke about it again but that it hurt Mariah because she witnessed how racism hurt her dad because obviously Becky freaked out because it was a black man yeah I <laughs> I uh, I don't. <laughs> this was like in the seventies. I want to say. I just, I'm just, I have no words as to why Miss Becky be crying. Yeah. Like yeah, and Mariah in an interview I watched said that it was probably like what she learned in her household or something like that to be afraid of like black people or something. And then another racist encounter, another big one, was when she was in middle school and like the popular like girl group at her middle school like befriended her and they're like oh we're gonna go to my one of the rich ones she was like oh, we're gonna go to my like parents home in the hamptons want to come with so they she's like okay because she wanted to be, like hang out with them and be accepted by them they go to the hamptons for a whole weekend they drive miles away from like their long island home right and she details in the book how when they got there, they all... It was, like, multiple girls, right? It wasn't just one girl. They all cornered her in her in the corner and started yelling the N-word at her. Like, chanting it. Like, hard ER. Oh like, my god, like a fucking cult. Yeah, like, chanting her. And then she just started crying. And she left how... She describes this, if I remember correctly, how she, like, left her body like oh during God. it and she didn't know what to make sense of it and they trapped her essentially because she couldn't leave she couldn't get picked yeah. up she, 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 she had to suffer through that weekend where was the parents i'm not sure i don't think they were homesters i don't know like, it was like a sleepover how? situation 
worst sleepover I've ever had in my entire fucking life. They were obviously I, all white girls or something. I just, I just don't understand like how a person can just think of that shit up. Like, are you like? Like, they schemed that shit. Like, they're like, oh my god, let's bring Mariah Carey. No, they obviously, it was premeditated. Like, yeah, yeah. I, Mariah says that in the book. Like, my, like, like, how do you just think of that shit up? Just, like, wake up one day and was like, oh my god, let's corner Mariah Carey and, like, <laughs> continuously call her the N-word. The no, they, like, it was premeditated. It wasn't, like, a spur-of-the-moment thing. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I just, like, like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, does that, like, how does that bring joy to your soul? If you even have one at this point, like, I'm pretty sure a demon came into your body or some shit and was like, I'm a fuck a Mariah Carey. Mm-hmm. Bro, in the, in the words of Marie Kondo, if it doesn't spark joy, throw it away. Like, those girls need to be thrown out of the Hamptons, of the house. Like, that's disgusting. Yeah. And, like, okay, I think what's even worse is that. Mariah Carey had to sit in the damn car back to Long Island with these bitches and like like instead of playing like you know 99 bottles in the wall are they chanting the n-word to her the way home like exactly what is happening like yeah and she talks about how like you know she never fit in with the black community or the white community she was always this other mm-hmm. and it was very a harrowing tell but like one last example of racism was when glitter happened it was for people who don't know glitter is a movie she like starred in and that she wrote the soundtrack for and which came out in 2001 and an unfun fact was that the soundtrack of the movie was released on september 11th 2001 the same day as the 9-11 attacks and so what ensued basically was that the movie was critically and commercially panned because she's like, how are people going to watch like a Mariah Carey movie immediately after 9-11, you know? Okay. And then basically, I think there was this before 9-11 happened, but earlier, like earlier that summer, Mariah went on TRL, which she writes about in the book, how she went on TRL and she was supposed to do like a press stunt right show up with an ice cream car and like give it to her fans right but then what happened is that the co- the host of trl carson cressley he made it seem like mariah was acting like crazy and that she just showed up for no reason apparently which is what mariah says and then how afterwards the media the tabloids back then like painted her to be like out of her mind or whatnot and that led to like in a mental episode where she had a she was checked into a facility or her family checked into a facility even though she didn't want to. There was a point where she went two weeks without she went two weeks with only like four hours of sleep. That's how bad because that she was like preparing her album. She was like be, being on tour and stuff and all that stuff. And basically, I bring I bring it up because she went to her mother's home which she like bought for her mother a few years earlier and like designed it specifically for her mother right and grave her mother and how she went to crash at the mother's house right because that's where they took her the family and how mariah started like freaking out because she's like i just want to sleep and they wouldn't let her sleep right and whatever and then the mom calls the police on mariah and mariah says that that wasn't the first time that her mom knowingly used her like whiteness 
as like a weapon because you know how like Karens do that. Mariah says that that was the mom like pulling some Karen bullshit, and then they the police put Mariah like in the back of the police car and like took her home or something like that. Because she wanted to sleep. Yeah, cause she but she was like yelling in the book. She's how she just cause she never stood up to her mom before, and in that on that day she was like like fully like lost her shit finally and was just like I was like I've always been good like I've always been good enough like just let me sleep I deserve sleep and then the mother took it off the ass I guess it's fucking disgusting honestly like I just never mess with a person when they're asleep like for sure but oh my god like I feel so bad like that like this is a woman that she trusted you know this is someone that you're supposed to like love unconditionally for and that is supposed to protect you and she fucking like threw her in the back of a cop vehicle and put her in a mental hospital like why exactly (sighs) and i just feel like there's so much even with all that said there's still so much more in the memoir and I really just really recommend it for anyone to read or whatnot. Because I was already a Mariah Carey fan, like a lamb, you know? That's what she calls her fans, the lambs. Yes. Yeah, and I just feel like now I'm even more of a fan of her. Like, I get, I got emotional, not going to lie, after I read the book and I was listening to her music. Because I'm just like, she's given the world so much. Not because she has to, but because it's what she loves to do. And literally cannot imagine doing anything else. She's given us, like, a lifetime's worth of art. And just great material. And for her to be, like, taken advantage of, abused, and, like, all that stuff, it's, like, reprehensible, you know? And I think it just sucks, too, that, like, I feel like there's still people who hate a Mariah, especially after the the stunt of her singing. I forgot it was um, the New Year's Ball, mm-hmm. I think. You know, back, I think it was 2016 or something like that, mm-hmm. where she had a lot of, like, flack and a lot of shit on that. Like, I just, I feel like she's always, like, being pinned down with a bad image until recently. Mm-hmm. No. I agree with that and she she talks about the incident in the book but very like briefly and very like doesn't even right. recognize it she's like that one thing happened and that's all you're defined as uh uh-uh. uh very much that but yeah like, exactly like why like why focus on the bad when there's so much good exactly like she, you know she's a good singer there's countless of videos of her singing live and doing her whistle tones, her C7s, like, her riffs. And one bad situation puts her as, like, a terrible singer or something. Like, that's that's fucking stupid. Like, one bad moment doesn't justify a whole entire person's life. Exactly. And, like, another thing I want to touch on about Mariah is that she writes her songs. People don't, men, people, a lot of people don't know that. Bruh, All I Want for Christmas is You... That was her first Christmas song that she wrote. Can you imagine? And an iconic song. She wrote Always Will Be My Baby. 
all of these great songs, Fantasy. She directed the music video for Fantasy, fun fact. It was a good music video. Yeah. A, Iconic. And then, basically, she's a songwriter. People forget that, but she's always been writing. She talks about how she wrote her first song at, like, eight years old or something like oh. that. So she's been in this. But Stan Mariah, I love Mariah. Mariah, if you're listening, I do know her, and her is yes. you. Buy her book, watch or listen to the rarities, watch Glitter. We love Mariah. Bro, also, I, borrow your book. You you can borrow my book. No, yeah, okay. yeah. And I was even gonna say that like there's an audio book where she reads the book and even sings in the book because because there are song lyrics in the car in the book, mm-hmm. and she describes the meanings behind a lot of her songs. And I'm gonna listen to the audio book this weekend, like a, get because I'm like I need to experience Mariah. Yeah, weren't you listening to it when we were hanging out? Like I don't think so. Okay. No. But yeah, I'm going to get on that because it's such a treat. A really good memoir. Yes. Really good memoir. <sighs> Mariah! Mariah Carey! <laughs> I've been listening to Christmas songs recently. What happened? Why? Uh, I don't know. Like, I just... I just felt like listening to Christmas music, and then now I'm listening to to Halloween music and like Kim Petras's um, Halloween album. Right? Is it close my eyes or close your eyes? Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Ooh, bitch. <laughs> Spooky town on that one. She definitely needs to make a second one. She does. She does. I think there needs to be like artists should have more spooky albums. Like, why not? Yeah, but then it's just like, who's going to be out being spooky during Miss COVID? No one's going to be trick-or-treating. I mean, I hope not. But I mean, like, we deserve spooky music. Like, why not? Like, you can you can fuck with that. We like, already. I'm not saying you can't fuck with it, but since we already have the Nightmare, Be- uh, Nightmare Before Christmas soundtrack... I mean, yeah, but like, give me some this, like this is Halloween. Oh, this is Halloween. But give me some like sexy, spooky music to bust my back to. You know what what back busting <laughs> you gonna be doing under Miss Corona? I mean, okay, not during Miss Corona. Like, let's be clear on that. But I mean, after Corona, give me some spooky music to you know with some spooky dick to go with. Oh, this reminds me. You, you want some jack-o'-lantern dick. Some jack-o'-dick. <laughs> but um, that reminds me. I don't know if you saw, but on my Insta story the other day, I put up a poll, and it was the following. Okay? Is She-Wolf by Shakira a Halloween song? Yes. Why? How? I mean, okay, what would you categorize as? I would. Cons- it is a Halloween song. I agree with it. <laughs> But I only posted it up because my sister asked me the question, because she saw it on a playlist somewhere, and I put and I looked at the results of the poll at the end of the day, and it was like eighty five percent said yes, and then like fifteen percent said no. I mean, we need more spooky representation, and Shakira gave it. She did. Like, she really did. I mean, people do dress up as wolves for Halloween. I mean, there was Teen Wolf. You know. Like Tyra Posey, like also he has an OnlyFans, I think. Believe it or not. Brad, okay, Brad, don't say the don't don't. I don't want to get into specifics about this, but like, P 
people who know are gonna know. Have you seen yeah. that video? I, I have. I've also seen the Chris Evans one. <laughs> oh, okay, leave it at that. Leave it at that. Skirt, skirt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's the same, same. But yeah, more spooky shit. I agree. I think there needs to be more spooky music. Like, why not? Like, okay, also because a lot of people, it's become an event that a lot of people who are of drinking age goes out, gets dressed up, and goes to the bars and clubs. Not anymore. I mean, of course not right now, but like, I mean, last year and the year before that, like, I went to Castro and SF, and it was packed. It was fucking packed. Right, it was really packed. I went to, on Halloween night, I believe, or like, Mm -hmm. Right and it was a, and it was as it was like the Macy's Thanksgiving parade. Like it was swarms <laughs> of people. You couldn't move without bumping shoulders with someone. Exactly. Like I had a a slutty ghost on my right. I had a hot like dead doctor on my left. Like, bro, it was scary white gays all around. <laughs> I mean, it was the theme. <laughs> Like it was drag race, they they've got you know, they've got the challenge. You got but you I, got the ooky, you got the spooky <laughs> <laughs> But I do I feel like if She Wolf was played during Halloween on Castro in like in gay bars across the world, bitches will pop their like motherfucking pussies on that shit real quick and wor- and world peace would be achieved yes gay rights bruh when you said that just now like the describing like what would be i feel like i've it truly is a halloween song like we would just be like oh and like it's literally yeah it, it's a vibe it is, yeah. mm-hmm. i mean i felt i feel the tingles like i feel like my body just got like 10 percent more body hair after listening to it yeah, bitch. Come on, furry. Come on, fur. We love fur. Come on, extra hormones. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it is a spooky song. Yeah, but what what other things have you been like listening to, watching, and stuff? Okay, um, music that I've been listening to. Okay, so I recently, <laughs> I recently watched a clip of Robots the movie. Definitely recommend Robin Williams did a great it was the animated one right yes that one's so good the movie's so good so good and i haven't watched it in years so i watched a clip and i totally forgot when one of the robots fender was fighting the the villain robots and then all of a sudden he breaks out into dancing song to britney spears it was the most iconic moment i would have to say in film history wasn't it? Wasn't it, baby? One more time. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I vividly remember watching that as a kid, and yeah. being all like, "Yes." It was. Uh, it was a spiritual awakening, like that. That just like, oof. It made. It. It made me what? Let's just say that. Yeah, bro. Speak. Uh huh. <laughs> oh, I was just gonna say, like, since you said wet. There's this gay I follow from high school, and he posted the other day after the vice president vice presidential debate. He said the following. He says, guys, I don't pay attention to politics, but I watched the vice president. I, wa- I watched the vice presidential debate, 
And I think I'm going to vote for Biden because of Kamala, because she's a brown woman and because uh-huh. she makes me wet. I, I see the point. I see the point. But it's like, so what does that even mean? Like, <laughs> like uh, what gay speak is that? Bro, first of all, okay, okay. Kamala is like black. Is she and brown, I guess? And also just wet, like wet. Ew. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, a similar controversial point of that, when I saw Joe Biden end the debate, I, I have to say he did look like a, a good looking corpse. Man. <laughs> he was Nightmare Before Christmas corpse. Let's just say that. After the worms got to him, sis, in the ground. Mm-hmm. The worms in the brain. He, he did look good. <laughs> Bro, you're deranged. I don't acknowledge that on this podcast, no man. For his age, let's... <laughs> Let's just say that. I was like, mm, you know, we got. Okay, you want the retirement dick. You want the you want that catheter cock. <laughs> I want the alimony. You want the alimony. Speaking of music that we're listening to, we noticed this before we started recording, but like I just want to point it out to the audience, like what we're wearing. Like I'm wearing a Florence in the Machine t shirt. And what are you wearing, Alex? I'm wearing NSYNC boy band t-shirt yeah and i feel like that's very telling of both our personalities and like perfectly encapsulates our like friendship you know and i really love it and specifically i think it's cool that you're wearing an instinct shirt because obviously instinct was really big in the late 90s early 2000s and one of your biggest like infatuations or like passions i would say is that you're all about the 2000s as, like, a pinnacle time in culture. So, like, why do you feel that way? Like, why? The 2000s doesn't get enough credit for what it was. Let's just say that. Wait, what What was it? <laughs> <laughs> quickly. Quickly. <laughs> Von Dutch. What? Von Dutch. What's that? Oh my god, you don't know Von Dutch? I never watched a, sim- a Simple Life. It wasn't... It was everybody and their fucking moms were wearing those low-rise jeans with those white tank tops that says Von Dutch on it with the trucker hats that also says Von Dutch with their tiny little chihuahuas and their little uh, shoulder-like um, purses. It was a moment. It was a look. It doesn't get enough credit. And I think we should bring it back. Like, let's, you know, fashion recycles. Fashion cycles go over. Let's, I want the 2000s now. It's slowly becoming. Recently, I've noticed after the whole 90s um, reliving, I think the early 2000s, um, very hyper feminine. I think that's what it is, too, is I love the 2000s because there was a big contrast. Like, there was hyper femininity. And then there was hyper, like, baggy. Mm. You know, like, like wearing XXXL, like, pants and shirt, Echo Unlimited. It was, it was a look. It was, ugh. I also feel like the music was just very, like, it was just very, like, I would say happy. I feel like the moments I've had um, in the early 2000s was very, like, nostalgic and like I have pretty good memories about it. Um, it was just like 
besides 9-11, I would have to say it was a, a, a cute moment to live in, you know? <laughs> we can say for sure that 9-11 was not a cute moment. We can definitely <laughs> say that. But yeah, the music was really good in the 2000s. Like, I was just listening earlier today to Why Can't I by Liz Fair. Oh my that god. That song is like... Oh, it's good. like it's like I'm an extra in Freaky <sighs> Friday, yes. and I'm just walking through the halls. Like it's so yeah. good. For the thousands, gave us Freaky Friday, thirteen going on thirty. Yes. Ugly Betty, Sex in the City, kinda. What Pinnacle else? A Simple Disney Life. Channel. What'd you say? Pinnacle Disney Channel. Pinnacle Disney Channel. The Cheetah Pinnacle Girls. Boy. All those. That's a Raven. Boy One One. Kim Possible. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> also, I've been listening to Stacy Orico. I don't know how you say her last name, but she was very 2000s. Her music was slightly in the robots music at a split scene. And then I have been listening to her two albums like nonstop recently. I have, I'm pretty sure, like, I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm pretty sure had I heard that little snippet, I'd be able to remember it from the movie. Yes. And then Celine Dion, a lot of Celine Dion. We Um, love Celine Dion. Yes. I've been listening to that. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you very much. I think, um, oh my God, Avril Lavigne Girlfriend featuring Lil Mama. Bruh. Avril Lavigne, (laughs) I'm with you. Yes. Okay, when she wrote Skater Boy and wrote it S-K-8-E-R, like, come on. She okay, reinvented English, the English okay, language. Wait, hold up, hold up. I'm getting into it. AIM, AOL. Okay, I was on Mebo. If y'all remember, y'all know I was on Mebo, but I was on AIM. The bitches that wrote their fucking AIM, like, username as like xxazn princess xx but the first and last x have to be capitalized they're baddies they're the baddest bitches that you'll ever fucking meet they're now abgs they're now living their lives they own like multiple bobo restaurants probably they're like an influencer they come on like aim i wasn't on aim but what i was on was that lilo and stitch game where you make the sandwiches you know the yeah. one i'm talking about i know i know we're talking about yeah that one was so fun, was so fun. and then the zach and cody one where like you're running around the hotel and that like golden cart thing oh, iconic iconic myspace okay let's talk let's let's deep let's dive what was the guy's name tom tom okay tom is my favorite like like tech person in my whole entire life like he built my space for funsies or whatever and then he quit and he's now like living his life just exploring the world and like doesn't really care about like i mean i'm pretty sure he cares about making money or some shit like that you know what i mean but mm-hmm. like he's just living his life and like doing what he wanted to do and like he's chill about it you know unlike some other like you know tech people abolish like, tech my space i was on that shit my okay Bitches would fight over their top friends. I have no idea why. I do not understand it because my top eight. Let's 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 talk about that. My top eight because at that time you could add celebrities as friends 
like obviously like you wouldn't talk to them or whatever but mm-hmm. like you know it'd be so cute to have them as friends my top eight had like hillary duff had lindsey lohan it had paris hilton it had beyonce it had everyone it had i think raven simone was also one of them at one point yeah I, she I, should I yeah it. in fact i was changing it constantly it was a moment and then my friends would be mad at me like oh my god like i'm on, like you're in my top or like i'm not i'm like girl do you see my fucking top like you cannot you like talk to me when you have an album sis when you're like, on disney talk channel to me, talk to me when you have become a disney channel star like, let's like wait okay yeah until then calm down and then okay let's talk about that too my space was ahead of its time because it made us all become coders like i was putting music i was putting like youtube channels i put mad tv like youtube videos on it that i found <laughs> on my profile like you can change the like the screen and the the mouse shit thingy that like clicker mm. like it was it was a moment i i, I like we should definitely bring something similar back mm-hmm. for sure because it was just so customizable and like so personal mm-hmm. to every person like when you go to like a person's like profile like page you definitely get to see a glimpse of like who they are yeah it is it's like a little like insight little insight a little blurb about little like snapshot or photoshop but that reminds me have you have you watched the hulu series pen 15 I have, and I love it. I didn't finish it. I have, like, two more episodes. Of the new was... season? No. I didn't know they had a new season. The new season came out not too long ago, and it's really good. But that show, for people who don't know, is about these two... These two adult women wrote it, and they star in it, but as their, like, fictional middle school selves. Like, they play themselves as, like, kids, as middle schoolers. But they're fully grown women. But it's so good. It's one of my, my favorite shows out right now. It's hilarious. It's set in the year 2000. Super nostalgic. And it touches on, like, race, slut-shaming, like, crushes, sex, weed, drinking, all that stuff. It's it's so spot-on of the time. Like, these are fully grown women, right? But then their physical comedy is so good. I think yes. they're kids. I think they're kids. Yes. I, like, for a moment, couldn't, like, couldn't realize, like... Are they just like really tall looking middle schoolers? Like what's going on? Yeah. Did you watch the Spice Girls in episode? I did. It was so good. I rewatched that's the one episode of the first season that I rewatch like frequently because I'm like it's uh, so good. So good. I think also like I think the one episode I related <laughs> I related to was um the Asian or the diversity episode when one of the characters is Asian. I think she was like she was getting bullied by her um, her classmates for always bringing like <laughs> those like what's it called like those like big like uh, what's it called those things that like keep your food warm. You know I don't know. I, mean? know. I like it's like a big capsule thing, like thermostat. No. Yeah, a thermostat kind of, mm-hmm. you know, but she had like food and everyone's like, ew, that shit stank. <laughs> like, you know, and she had like kimchi, I think, and stuff like that. Like, I related to that for sure, mm. you know? So, yeah. But it's a very good show. Does that show have like your 2000s stamp of approval? 
Oh yeah, for sure. Like ten out of ten. Like it. Like that shit gives me like five Stranger albums out of five. Five what? Stranger. Who's that? Hillary Duff's um album. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But we love to hear that. I'll check the album out. <laughs> or Dignity. It was Dignity, but one of the songs was Stranger. Oh, Dignity. What's yeah. the Wong? She's all like, you can be a little bit rough. You can be a little bit touch. Yeah. What the, what's the song called? Uh, I think that's Stranger, is it not? I have no idea. I don't know, but it's such a bop. It's the, it's the, it's the one song where she does like, she has the weird choreography to it. Oh, like oh the, with like love, the, right? With love. With okay, love. Yeah. There we go. It's a bop. Honestly, she needs to make another album. She does. She does. We I need... heard Paris Hilton's making an album. Bro, that intro to Come Clean, that title track. Okay. Can I, okay, just for a moment, when that music video, because remember when like Disney Channel, like when you watched, they would have music videos play during the commercials? Yeah. I have no idea why. I have no idea why. But I would watch that music video of Come Clean when, like, <laughs> when the raindrops would go in the window. And then she's just, like, sitting on her, like, island in her kitchen. Mm-hmm. Like, I was crying. And I don't know why. I, was, it evokes yeah. something in us. It it's ev- weird. It's magical. It was it, it was an out-of-body experience. Like, I, I felt like I was taking shrooms or something. Like, psychedelics. or I don't know. But, like, I was crying. I was tearing up. I was like, oh, my God. Like... Like this is my Jesus. This is my yeah. Jesus, and like you're cleansing my like souls. This is my confession. But Judas is the demon I cling to. Yes. And with that, sis, I'm gonna move on to our segment. You know, pop off. Okay. Okay. Where okay. we go, where where we go off on any subjects of <sighs> our choosing, and like, do do you have one prepared? If not, I can go first and give you time to think no, of one. So you can go first. Okay, I'll go first. Okay. What I'm popping off on this week is that is people on social media who made the joke of saying that the fly on Mike Pence's head was his first black friend. Oh. People were saying that. <laughs> Seriously. It was non-black people saying that the what? fly was Mike Pence's first black friend. This one comedian... She posted it, and it got, like, 100,000 likes within an hour on Twitter. And she took it down only after, like, in, like too long of a time. Because I think she wanted to get clout off of it. But then she deleted it and apologized for it. But then another guy tweeted the same thing, and he was a white guy. And he tweeted it, and it was going viral, the same exact joke. And then he changed his profile picture to... to before, it was a picture of him being white, right? But then he changed it into, like, a nondescript profile picture <laughs> so you couldn't tell he was white but yeah that's problematic because you're saying that black people are like insects like are a yeah. fly yeah. so the fact that I got 100,000 likes not only by like non-black people but I'm sure there were some black people who like didn't categorize it I've even seen people today like resharing that joke but yeah I pop off on that that's not okay that's racist that's and that's not okay. okay I didn't even know that when I first saw the fly, I thought it was the Russians spying on us. That's it probably was. It probably was. Like, Putin was like, girl, we're waiting. Like, you're the next Chernobyl. Oop. Oop. You're going to pop off? You know what you're going to pop off on? I have 
not much to pop up on currently right now. Like I've been playing a lot of us. A what? I've been playing Among Us, the new that like that little cute little game where like you kill people. I think I've heard like, of it, but I don't know about it. It was it was good. I like it. Um, but I fucking hate those bitches that fucking like try to say it's me when I'm fucking not doing anything. But I wouldn't say that as a pop off. I don't. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I have nothing to pop off on currently besides my bussy. Um, I've just been chilling. I think there's. I'm really trying to think right now, and I can't. Like, like fuck. I have nothing. I have nothing. I'm sorry. Oh, oh um, pop off on like your like something astrological because we. I know you love astrology. You don't have anything to pop off about astrology. God, I have. I'm not. Like, what's your answer. least favorite sign? <laughs> what's your least favorite sign? Okay. 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 I. I. I like all signs. Like, I. I. I know people from every sign that I like. But I would have to say the difficult signs to deal with, I would personally say, is Gemini, Leos, and Scorpio men. <laughs> yeah. Let's just say that. Like, it's just a lot. We just, it's kind of like oil and water sometimes, you know? Mm. Dealing with them or how they are. Um, oh, okay, let's pop off on this. The SNL guy, I forgot his name, but he was caught um partying with no mask on and he was kissing a bunch of girls with no mask at this bar and they were all drinking and mm. like that. and then he just quit snl and he's now remorseful or sorry about what he's done no you're not you're not fucking sorry about what you did you kissed those people without a fucking mask disgusting like i hope mono comes you know, yeah, like, he was the musical guest this week on SNL, but so he, he they kicked him off because of that. And I was like, how are you going to go from having Megan the Stallion as the performer last week to like this trash, you know? And to yeah. your astrology point, all I, all I have to say to astrology is that protect Leo women. That's all I'm going to say about that. Leo women are it, honey. Okay, okay. I see that. I see that. I, I just, you know, I just, Love yourself. <laughs> love yourself. I couldn't think of a greater way to end this podcast ending. Love yourself. Isn't that a Justin Bieber yeah. song? I, no, it is. Is it? I don't know. Like, you should go and love yourself. He snapped on that one. I think it is. He did. Also, Austin Mahone. Like, I don't know he her. Just, he just started OnlyFans. Sweatshirt. <laughs> okay, also, I would just like to say I have my ballot, you know, in the mail. Oh, mine's in my room, yeah. I'm going to try and read all the props. You know, if you're going to vote, be informed, things like that. Um, You know, go on walks, whatever. Wash your fucking hands. Don't be dirty. Um, that's about it. Yeah, and I echo all those same things. Just, like, make sure you vote. Not only for yourself, but for those marginalized groups who are at yeah. risk also. It's greater than yourself is what I always try to emphasize yeah. with the votes. 
But yeah, I just want to say thank you for coming, Alex. And I'm pretty sure you're going to be on here again sometime in the future. Because, like, we could literally talk for 24-7. Like, I've never get tired of talking to you. And I don't think that's possible. I think that's impossible, actually. Impossible. Oh, and the one last thing I didn't say in my intro of you, but that I should have said. You're, like, my favorite cancer. Oh, my God. Yeah, like, I I usually can't stand cancers, but, like, this one is the cancer. I recommend. We're hard to deal with. We're hard to deal with. I'll be honest with that. But, I mean, we're not all bad people. Let's just say that. I don't think any... You can't just hate a sign because of one bad person. Let's just say that. Exactly. That goes for anything and everything in life. Exactly. Wisdom. Wisdom. That's the wisdom team. Wisdom. And with that, we're done. Wisdom, we're done. I'm spitting fires. And so I like to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go out with a song. Like, tell me if you know the words, okay? okay pussy like is... girls, damn is my pussy gay. Play with my pussy day. It's a holiday. That's Nicki Minaj. That's Nicki Minaj. That's Nicki Minaj. Bye. M- Nicki Minaj. And with that, guys, we're gone. See ya.